Hey, good morning, White Oak. It is so glad. It is so good to be here. And if you are watching us online, I want to say welcome. We're glad that you are joining us. Uh, we are in week, week two of a series that we are calling Seeking, Tuning into the Heart of Our Heavenly Father. And when I hear that phrase, tuning in, it takes me back to my childhood. All right, these kids today, they will never understand the pain of trying to tune in to a channel on a television that's got like a turn knob, okay? Uh, when I was uh, growing up in the house where I lived, we had rabbit ears on our TV. Anybody else have, uh, have rabbit ears growing up? And so uh, there was this, just this constant battle of trying to figure out how to get that channel to come in right. And so what would ultimately end up happening is I would send my sister up to hold it and uh, she would be standing there holding the contraption and I'd be up a little bit, a little to the right. That Don't move, okay? Right there, freeze, all right? I also had a, uh, a boom box as a kid. Anybody else have one? And, uh, and so the antenna would always get broken off of those. I don't know if anybody else struggled with that. And so uh, you would like throw a clothes hanger in there and try to see if you could get that to work as you were trying to, you know, I would every Friday night, Q102 would play like a top 10. And so I would want to uh, time it out perfect, get into the perfect place in my house where I could record every song on a cassette tape so I would have them for later. All right. It's just like, if you didn't grow up back then, you're never going to understand. But when I hear about tuning into something, those are the thoughts that come to mind, right? I guess the closest thing our teenagers will ever deal with is like that spinny wheel when uh, things are buffering. That uh, that's about as close as we're going to get. But we're talking about in this series is the search for a clear message. And not a bunch of static, not a bunch of noise, but to truly tap into the voice of our Heavenly Father. To strip everything else away and to truly be seeking after God. Right? And so in this series, we are talking about these things that are often referred to as spiritual disciplines. These, these are practices, things that we do in order to draw us closer to God. And, uh, and to try to eliminate the noise, to eliminate the static, and to truly hear from God. And so as we go through this series, there are three types of disciplines that we're going to be looking at. The first is inward. These are things that we do on our own, privately, that are between us and God. Last week we talked about prayer, and so that's one of them, and the one that we talk about this week, we'll get to in a second, is going to be one as well. We also have outward, and these are uh, different disciplines that we do towards each other, all right? So this might be something that I would do for someone else so that, it, that this helps me in my relationship with other people. And then the third one we do is corporate, and that is things that we do all together, like what we're doing right here this morning. This is a corporate discipline as we gather together to worship God in the same place. So last week we began with prayer, and I think for most of us we can see how that practice is fundamental how it is the foundation for us connecting with God. Our prayer life matters, right? We, we, we talk about how that is an intimate time between us and God and how we're relying on God when we go to him in prayer. This week, 
We're going to be talking about something that's just a little bit different, uh, something that we don't interact with very often, something for some of us has come, become something that we've kind of left behind. And so today we want to talk about the discipline or the practice of fasting. Fasting is something that is often misunderstood. It's a word that we use for a bunch of different things today. And uh, but what we want to do is we want to take a look at what the Bible has to say about fasting, how it was used, and how it might benefit us in our search to connect with God on a deeper level. Today, our big idea is fasting is a hunger for humility. See, I've got to take my wants and my desires and I've got to set those aside if I'm going to practice fasting, right? In culture, fasting has become a lot of different things. Like I said, it's misunderstood, it's been distorted, it's been hijacked. And so today, we want to focus on the fact that fasting is about seeking after God, and so today, we want to focus on uh, just our desire to, to enter into this place of humility, to learn more about fasting, to learn more about the practice of self-sacrifice. When we were mapping out this series, I was originally going to be preaching last week on prayer, and some things got flipped around and switched, and so I was fine with that. I was going to be preaching on prayer. I've preached lots of sermons on prayer while I don't have a, uh, a prayer life that I attain to have, I want to do better, I pray, okay? Uh, but then uh, somebody else was going to preach on fasting, and I was okay with that too because I'm not drawn to fasting. And mainly it's because I don't like doing hard things, all right? If I'm just being honest. I, I don't like saying no to myself, Okay, And so I know this about me, and so fasting is some, not something that I'm just necessarily drawn to. And so when it came time to do the switcheroo and, uh, and that I was going to be preaching today, I thought, okay, this is, going to, uh, this is going to be difficult for me simply because it's something that I'm going to have to be challenged on just as much as everybody else. And really, that's a lot of the things we preach on, but, but honestly, just... Fasting is not something that, uh, that I've been particularly good at. And so the challenge that we talk about today, this act of fasting, and as we learn about it and as we dive in deeper, we're all on this journey together. And so if you're like, man, I, I don't know the last time I've fasted, I don't really know if I fully understand fasting, we're going to go through this together. You know, it's uh, just because we, we don't know much about it or because we don't, uh, we, we don't like it, it's not a great reason not to do something. Self-sacrifice, seeking after God, eliminating distractions, those are all wonderful things. And sometimes I miss out on those things simply because I lack self-control. Here, here's the thing. Fasting is hard, Right? You see, we let food take the place of God's provision in our life. We've allowed the desire for food to take precedence over our lives. Uh, and it's not only just food. There's lots of things. We seek after these things to sustain us, right? Could be the people around us. Could be relationships. Uh, could be our career. Could be our bank account. We rely on these things to provide us what it is that we need to survive when ultimately God is standing there saying, it's me. It needs to be me. I need to be the thing that you rely on. I need to be the thing that sustains you. I need to be the one who gives you the strength to get through the day. 
In this series, we're uh, relying on a book called Celebration of Discipline, and uh, it's up on the screen. And so it's kind of been the textbook that we're really kind of using as we walk through these different disciplines. And if, you know, here's the truth with any sermon series that we do. There are disciplines that we're not going to be able to talk about, and there are depths into each one of the disciplines that we are going to talk about that we just can't get through in a church service. And so if this is something that intrigues you, if you want to learn more about these different spiritual disciplines, I highly recommend that you pick this up. You can grab it on Amazon. It is a book that has been serving people for uh, a really long time when it comes to this subject matter. But uh, so it's a, it's a book by Richard Foster, and, uh, and I love what he says when it comes to fasting. Listen to this quote uh, from chapter four of the book, Celebration of Discipline. It says, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. This is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside us with food and other good things, but in fasting, these things surface. You hear what he's saying there? He said, if you're a true disciple of Jesus, if you truly want to grow closer to Jesus, one of the things that you ultimately want to do is you want to figure out what is standing in the way between you and God. And he said, fasting reveals these things. He said, listen to that. He said, we cover up what is inside with food and other good things. He says, we've got these hurts, we've got these pains, we've got these needs. And he said, we search out all these other things things to try to fulfill us when ultimately it's God that wants to to, to, uh, sustain us. It's God that wants to sustain us. And so, you know, it's not always food for us, but uh, I think we've all been there. You got a bad day at work. Maybe, maybe you're just going through a rough patch. Maybe, maybe something that, uh, that you didn't want to happen happened and, and you're just having a really bad day. What happens? What do you do? Some of us stress eat, right? You're just like, man, I'm having a bad day and I want to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat my pain away. Some of us do that. Some of us want to take a drink to take the edge off, like that's our go-to. Some of us will, uh, will dive into some retail therapy and we, we buy something new and that's going to make us feel better. Some of us are uh, just going to veg out. It's like, hey, I'm just going to binge watch this show for the next 12 hours. I'm going to forget about my problems, and this is going to make me feel better, right? We mask, we cover up, we seek out other things to fill us, to sustain us, when ultimately, all along, it's God that wants to be our strength. It's God that wants to be our refuge. It's God that wants to be there for us. Maybe you're like me and and you've heard about fasting, but it's not something that you've ever really tried. Maybe like me, you you don't like doing things that are uncomfortable. But today we want to take a look at at the biblical view of fasting, why it was practiced and how it can be a part of our journey with God today. First thing I want you to know is that there is a time for fasting. When we look at fasting in the Bible, there was always occasions that that lent themselves to fasting. Uh, There were occasions where where people would be drawn into fasting. See, Jesus was spending some time with his disciples, and there were other uh, people that were around them 
And, and they were all kind of uh, in this Jewish faith at the time. And so the disciples of Jesus uh, were not practicing fasting, but, but everybody else who was around them were these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these religious leaders, and then also even the disciples of John the Baptist. And so Jesus was getting asked, he's like, hey, hey why do your followers not fast? Uh, we're all, uh, you know, observing these, these days where in these times and these moments where we're supposed to be fasting, but your followers are not. And so in Matthew chapter 9, starting with verse 14, Jesus is going to answer them. And so I encourage you, if you've got your Bible, we're going to be jumping into a few different scripture passages today. We're going to start here in Matthew chapter 9. So uh, turn there with me, if you will. If you need a Bible, we've got them at the hub. We would love for you to have one. But in Matthew chapter 9 starting with verse 14 and uh, going into verse 15, this is how Jesus responds. He says, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? So this is a question that Jesus is getting asked. And it says in verse 15, Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Jesus is reminding the Pharisees and those that are asking the question that he said, look, there's a time for fasting. He said, they're in my presence right now. This is a time of joy. This is a time of celebration because we are together. He said, but soon there's going to be a time where I'm going to have to be taken. I'm not going to always be here with them. He said, and then they're going to fast. Fasting is a hunger for humility. And so there's going to be moments where we're led into times of fasting. There's going to be times in our life where maybe it makes more sense for us to enter into a time of fasting. You might consider fasting when you have a big decision to make. And maybe there's something going on in your life. You have to make a choice and you're trying to truly seek clarity from God. You want to tune out all the static and all the noise. And so maybe you're going to decide to intentionally go into a set amount of time to go without food, to enter into a time of prayer to help you make this decision. Maybe you need to intensify your prayer around a certain situation. Could be somebody is sick, could be another kind of just a personal situation that's going on, but maybe there's just this moment where you need to say, hey, we're going to bathe this time in prayer, and because of that, myself or maybe a group of us, we're going to enter into a time of fasting, and uh, we're going to intensify as we seek out God. Maybe you want to ask God to do something big in your life. Maybe you're looking to make a move. Maybe you're just looking for God to stir something inside of you. Maybe you're in a time of mourning. So many times when we see fasting revealed in Scripture, it's because people are mourning the loss of something. It was their go-to as, uh, as they dealt with their grief was to enter into a time of prayer and fasting. Maybe you need to uh, enter into a time of repentance. Maybe you've, uh, you've, you've made some mistakes and maybe you truly want to come back to God and so you're going to uh, bathe that time in prayer but also in a time of fasting. 
Jesus knew that he wouldn't always be physically present with his disciples, that there was a time coming where they were going to be going through a lot of pain. They were going to be mourning his loss. And Jesus wanted to make clear to those around him that now... The present tense was not the time for fasting, but soon was coming a time where Jesus' disciples would fast. I said that there's a lot of misunderstanding about fasting, and today we use the term to mean uh, to go without any number of things, right? We, we, We use the word fasting to mean that we're giving up almost anything. But in the Bible, fasting was always about food, And it was always about God. You know, we we were just having this conversation today after first service that people were talking about that we throw around words like intermittent fasting. That's like where uh, maybe you don't eat breakfast or lunch. But, But a lot of times when we talk about fasting, what we're talking about is something that is for health reasons. Maybe it's a diet that you're on. Maybe it's uh, that you're trying to lose some weight. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we talk about biblical fasting, we're always talking about food. And we're always talking about a time that's intentional that we are seeking after God. Some of us might say, hey, uh, you know, it's just becoming a little bit overwhelming. I'm going to go on a social media fast. I'm going to go without my social media for the next month. And, and that's all fine and well, too. But what we see in Scripture is that when it's talking about fasting, it's always talking about food. And so, uh, so it's an intentional time that somebody would enter into for a set amount of time could be a meal, could be a day. For some people uh, at extremes, it could be a week. And they're going to enter into that time and they're going to only drink water and they're going to do without food. And in order to seek after God and to draw closer to God and to really, truly rely on God alone to sustain them. And so we talk about a lot of different things and we, and we throw around the word fasting to mean a bunch of different things. But when we're talking about a biblical view of fasting, I just want us all to be on the same page. And so Jesus, in his ministry, uh, he entered into a time of specific fasting. In Luke chapter 4, right before Jesus is is about to uh, venture into, kind of jumpstart his ministry, he, he was baptized by John the Baptist, and so now he's about to start his ministry. It says that Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. And so I want you to pick up with me in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Here it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to them, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. So here we have Jesus entering into the wilderness for a time of fasting, really to kind of prepare himself for his ministry, what was going to be this three-year ministry that was ultimately going to lead him to the cross. And so there's a bunch of different meanings that are going on here. When we hear the word wilderness, it should immediately take us back to the Old Testament. 
See, in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, God's people, he had delivered them out of Egypt and had told them he had a promised land for them to inherit. He led them to the banks of, uh, of the river, and, and just across this river is this promised land that they are to take over. So the Israelites sent some people to go check out this land. Problem is, it's still inhabited with people, and, uh, and Scripture will tell us that they are giants. And so they come back and they're like, we can't do this. Uh, God must be wrong. This land is not inhabitable because it's full of giants and we could never live there. We could never take it. And so, uh, so they, they lacked faith. And because they doubted God, because they didn't trust him, God's punishment for them was that they were going to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. Basically, an entire generation of people were going to just spend their life wandering around in the wilderness. And so Jesus enters into the wilderness for 40 days, okay? A, a callback to that. And he enters into this time where he's going to fast. And, and as soon as Jesus is coming out of the wilderness, he's met with temptation. The devil comes to him and he says, hey, Jesus, you're hungry, right? The scripture says, Jesus, at the end of the 40 days, Jesus was hungry, all right? That's like the most obvious scripture that uh, we're ever going to read. 40 days, no food, of course he's hungry. He was human as well as being God. And so the devil tempts him. He says, hey, you're the son of God. You can take these stones and turn them into bread. He says, just, just take care of yourself. And then Jesus gives this word. He says, man does not live on bread alone. And he's quoting this quote from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Check out what that says. This is God's people as they are wandering through the wilderness. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, as God's people were wandering through the wilderness, God provided for them with a thing called manna. God would provide food from heaven every morning. And God's people were to go and they would only collect what they needed for that day. If they collected more than what they needed for a given day, it would spoil, it would go bad. And so God was teaching his people, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to sustain you each and every day. Jesus in the wilderness is calling back to that and says, I don't need to make bread. God is going to take care of me. God is going to sustain me. Where Israel failed to trust God, Jesus says, in the wilderness, I will succeed. And so we see this idea that, uh, that it is a fully reliant, it is us being fully reliant on God. He humbled them, it says. God in the wilderness humbled his people and said, you need to be fully reliant on me. I'm going to be the one that provides for you. You know, when we're having bad days, when we're in a wilderness moment, feeling like that we're lost, feeling like that uh, maybe we're just uh, traveling through this, uh, this dark place, we all 
go seeking for something to sustain us, something that's going to fill us, something that's going to make us feel better, right? And sometimes it's food and sometimes it's some of the other things that we've mentioned here, but all of us go to something. And God wants to be the something we go to. God wants to be the one that fulfills us. God wants to be the one that sustains us. God wants to be the one that we seek after. And so as we contemplate going into seasons of fasting, times of fasting, intentional times where we're going to go without so that God might be able to speak to us, Maybe you're struggling to find work. And fasting may seem strange, but humbly bringing yourself before God and allowing him to sustain you, choosing to go without. Maybe you've been in a season of spiritual drought. You just feel like that you're not connecting with God the way that you used to. You feel like, I'm just not feeling it. Maybe fasting could be a time that you enter into seeking to reconnect with God. Maybe you're dealing with depression or anxiety or stress and you've tried everything and maybe we need to come before God, stripping away everything else and truly seek him. Maybe it just feels like that everything around you is falling apart. You can't get a step ahead because you just keep getting knocked down. Have you truly surrendered everything and come to God bearing all? That's what fasting is. There were these moments as you read through scripture and you see this torn clothes on their knees giving up everything in an attempt to seek the will and the voice of their heavenly father. And and I think that because fasting has been connected so much with all these rituals and all these have-tos that we lose out on the beauty that simply is coming before God empty-handed and saying, fill me. Listen, fasting's countercultural. We're not going to learn this art by listening to the world. Instead, we're going to come openly to God and we're going to lean into what the Bible says about it when it comes to whether or not it's something we're being called to do. Because Jesus assumed that it was going to happen. When asked, why aren't your disciples fasting? He didn't say, well, fasting's irrelevant or I'm, I'm Jesus and I've come and I've made all things new and so fasting's a thing of the Old Testament. He didn't say that. He goes, no, a time is coming and my followers are going to to fast. He assumed it. He spoke it. He he said there is a time where we will fast, where we will mourn, where, where we will seek out God. He just said to them in that moment, it was not then. See, uh, we believe that we know best. We like to be in control. But fasting is a hunger for humility. Right? 
I spoke it from the beginning when I said, you know, hey, I don't really know if I want to talk about this. I don't really know if I'm any good at this. I don't really feel like that I'm drawn to this. Why? Because I'm not drawn to humility. I'm not drawn to self-sacrifice. I'm not drawn to saying no to myself. Those things come easy to me. Setting aside my own personal wants and desires and the things that make me feel good, that's difficult. But that's exactly what we're being called into. Now hear me. Fasting is not just about what we give up, right? For example, you you choose that you're going to fast for a 24-hour period. It's not just the absence of food in that day. It's what you're going to do with your time that you would normally spend eating or prepping or preparing your food. It is truly a moment of seeking after God. It's a replacement. I'm going to replace this time of eating with a time of seeking. And so if we only get one aspect of it right, we could be missing out on what God is trying to do in our time spent fasting. The question is, what are you replacing that time spent eating with? Are you seeking out a deeper connection with your heavenly Father? And I know it could seem overwhelming to try to consider starting this, but one takeaway that I want to have for you is just to begin to take slow, intentional steps towards this. Something as important as fasting needs to be entered into with intent. We talked about why we fast, why it's important to humble ourselves and truly rely on God But Jesus tells us that we need to walk into this moment with the right intent. I want us to pick up in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 and 18. It says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast... Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We live in a day and age where we feel the necessity to broadcast everything to everyone. Anything that we're doing anything that we're praying about, anything that we want to make everything known. And if something happens in our community or an area, we have to post and say, I'm with you. I'm praying with that thing too. Because if we don't, we feel like that we're, we're somehow uh, left out. Jesus says, fasting is not something that we broadcast out to the world. He says, instead of looking like you're fasting. He says, go to great extent to make sure that you don't look like you're fasting. He says, don't do it in an obvious way. Don't do it in a way that when everybody comes up to you and says, uh, hey, you want to eat lunch today? Oh, can't. I'm fasting. Right? He says, do it in private. Do it in 
the quiet. Everything that we do, everything that we are seems to be lived out in front of the world. He says, this is a moment that's between you and God. And for us, as followers of Jesus, those moments are becoming few and far between. Everything is shared. And so to truly have a moment that is between us and God is unique. And so that is the call for us as we think about fasting. So here's some practical steps as we begin. Begin gradual. Maybe you want to consider just fasting uh, a meal. Just choose a day of the week and say, today I'm going to give up lunch and, uh, and I'm going to spend that time praying. And you're going to do that. And you're going to seek after God. Maybe you're going to, uh, maybe you're going to, in a few weeks, you're going to decide that you're going to make that more. You're going to say, I'm going to skip lunch and I'm going to skip dinner and, and I'm going to extend this fasting time. Maybe you can work up to the place where you could experience a 24-hour fast. And again, matching it up with, with a moment, with, with something that you're, you're intentionally trying to do between you and God. And I'll, and I'll tell you that, uh, that there are people who, who, who fast for a week. And, and in the midst of all this, and just know in the Bible, uh, you need to be drinking plenty of water. And if you're going to fast for more than a day, I really recommend that you talk to your doctor about it. I don't know everybody's health situations. You, you just need to, uh, you need to be wise about this. Um, but, but it says Jesus fasted for 40 days. And that, that sounds crazy, right? Well, he was God, but also somebody could go without food for that long. But it, but it says that he went without food. It doesn't say anything about that he didn't drink water. And so we need to make sure that that's a part, that is part of what we read in the scripture is just this biblical uh, idea that fasting is to go without food and that they would have water. But, but, but the challenge is just that, that we just, we try this, Right? That we enter into an intentional time where we're desiring to strip away everything else and truly seek after God. Because I got to ask you, as we've been walking through this, when you're in these moments, when you're in this wilderness, when, when, when you're struggling, when life gets really, really hard, what is it that you have in the past tried to use to sustain you? What, what things have you sought after? Because if you're like me, when the thing that I need the most is a relationship with my Heavenly Father, when the thing that I need the most is to be, allow God to be my refuge, I seek after other things. And the challenge for today is that we would truly seek after God that we would truly put him first and rely on him alone. Fasting is a hunger for humility. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. God, I thank you for the example that is set before us. And I pray that we would truly tune out the noise and the static and seek after you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.